series of messages that we've called Morning, Noon, and Night. And we're talking about the rhythms of a healthy soul. If you're just joining in now, we're talking about our days. We're talking about uh, what it takes to stay at a place where we're healthy on the inside and how to figure out a rhythm that's sustainable, that's going to take us to where we want to be down the road. Uh, I've titled this weekend's message, No Days Off. No Days Off. And we're going to be in Genesis chapter 2. It says this, it says, thus the heavens and the earth and all the host of them were finished. If you've read the book of Genesis, it begins with, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and then it goes on, and for the next six days tells what he did each day. But then it says, thus the heavens and the earth were finished. All the host of them were finished. It was done. It was donezo. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because in it, he rested from all his work, which God had created and made. Father, speak to us something fresh, something new, something special from these words as we consider what you have put in place that will help us to stay at our best on the inside. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. No days off. You see that usually on Instagram when someone is at the gym. You see that generally on Instagram when someone has carefully curated their selfie to make them look optimal buffness. When someone has taken the weights off they were lifting and put some heavier plates on. We know you. We've all been there. Like, no, you can't be holding that. Got to get a bigger one. You can't curl that, but let's just grab it for the photo, right? Uh, when when you, you have just the right amount of perspiration on your forehead, where you don't look like a full hot mess, where you're just enough to know that you've been doing something, right? And, and you, you've, you've got your gut sucked in, and you've got the angle right where it minimizes chin action, multiple chins, and, and, and now you're ready for this, and you're going to post it back up on my gym flow, back up on my grind, yo, right? Right? This is no days off, right? I, I, when I think of no days off, which by the way, if you click that hashtag, there are 5.7 million posts on Instagram, almost all of them taken in the no days off, eight days a week, you know, not even physically possible. There are only seven, all right? So you settled down, all right? No days off, right? It's just, it's a lifestyle. It's, it's, it's how I hustle, when I think of no days off, I'm instantly transported back to Miami, Florida. I was preaching for my good friend, Rich Wilkerson Jr., their church, Voo Church, shout out, Miami, unbelievable church. Uh, he's got Lecrae preaching today. I'm like, who he, he's on vacation. I said, who's preaching for you? He's Lecrae. I'm like, of course, you have Lecrae. I didn't even know the guy preaches, right? I'm like, immediately scheduled him to preach here. But he, he says... Um, he says, hey, before you preach 83 times today, because it was like, like literally like six services, you know, last one's like 9 p.m., right? It's like Miami, people are just waking up for the 9 p.m. service. And, <laughs> and uh, like the people come, like, coming to in South Beach, like, oh, time for church, right? And, and so uh, he says, let's get a workout in. I love working out on Sunday before church. I love it. I love to come in here like already yeah. going, right? And, and so, you know, I've had a workout today. I've had like 80 cups of coffee. I'm ready, right? So if you didn't bring, I got enough energy for both of us, all right? So... 
house. So I said, yeah, absolutely. Let's work out. He goes, okay, I work out at this place called Legacy Fit, a ton of NFL guys and NBA guys trained there. I should have said no then, right? And, uh, and I, sh- I show up to this warehouse with giant refrigerator, you know, or, or uh, roll-up doors, massive doors that are all open. And the 100-degree Miami heat is indoors and outside, right? Now, I, I should have said, at that point, I should have said no, because I need air conditioning. I have needs, and one of them is air conditioning while I'm working out. I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not picky, I'm not picky. I need a front row parking spot at the gym, and I will circle to get that. And also, I like air conditioning in the gym, right? I don't want to get any exercise on the way to the gym, and I don't want to sweat just from being in the gym. And, uh, you know, I, I, I almost passed out on the warm-up, right? But then, after we did all that we did, this, this, this machine of a man, right, this, this enormous hulk of a man, he says, uh, now we're going to push sleds. And uh, they had this football astroturf in the middle of this environment. And we start pushing these sleds, these stacks, 45s on every lap. We're pushing them. And I felt this really weird feeling in my quads. I've never felt it before. I, I, I thought I maybe had wet myself, but I, I, all my quadriceps started to feel really wet and warm. And then I just started feeling really woozy. And then I don't remember anything next. And I, I came to, I was outside somehow, I don't know if they dragged me out, and, and I'm, I'm literally just outside dry heaving onto the curb, right? I'm, I'm just, we're like in the hood in Miami, right? Near, right next to Wynwood, if, if you know the area. And I'm lying there, my face is like, like in gravel. The curb's right here, right? And I am, just, I am just losing it. And I just feel wobbly and woozy. And I look up, and they're all standing above me. I say, how did I get here? Like, you crawled. You crawled, actually. You crawled. I don't have any memory of it, but I crawled there. And they're like, you, you want to come back inside? I go, I don't ever want to move again, nor do I think I am able to physically. I, I think this is where I will now live for always. You, know, you, have, you have to preach six times today. And, and I, I'm just like, I, I, you know that feeling where you, you don't feel like you're ever going to feel good again? You don't think you're, you, you even care anymore? This, if this is now life, I think I'll live right here on the curb. Just send my mail. Tell my kids I love them, you know? No days off. If only it were just something we put on Instagram. If only it were just something that we, we, we throw out there on, on the internet and not an accurate picture all too often of the trap we fall into, of the life that we live. No days off. And as a result... There's just a sense of fatigue that we sort of just live with and we just sort of accept. Just a, a, a low-grade anxiety that's a part of the new normal in our culture today. No days off perhaps is responsible for the, the spiritual dullness, uh, the ache in the inside that, that we all feel and the distance at times between us and God, us and those that we love, and even us and ourselves, a disconnect between us and our own soul. And there's a better way. In fact, from the very beginning of creation, the very beginning of history, God not only commands us, but before he ever tells us, God's a good leader. And leaders never say, do as I say. Good leaders say, do as I do. Leadership is an example. It's not just about having authority. And so before God ever tells us how important rest is, he shows us, demonstrating for us the rhythms of rest in what he does on the seventh day in taking a Sabbath, in 
choosing to Sabbath. In fact, if you read in the original Hebrew, when it says, on this day, God rested, the word rested is the word Shabbat. God Shabbat, or God, you could say, Sabbath. Sabbath is a verb. It's something you can do. Like, you know how you could say, let's brunch, right? And that's a great thing to do on the Sabbath, by the way, right? <laughs> you wake up just for brunch, then go back to bed. That's amazing, right? That's, God God Sabbathed here on this day. God rested. Literally, it's a stop. God stopped from his work and chose to Sabbath on this day. You see, we're living in a day where rest is all too uh, commonly neglected. And it's to our own detriment. I mean, just physically alone. Let's take away the spiritual sides of it, though there's a connection. You are, you are physical and you are spiritual. And there, there's also a mental side to you. And, and we have to holistically approach all these things, knowing there is going to be overlap. You, you, you can't disconnect them one from the other. One of the highest uh, viewed TED Talks in, in the past decade or so, someone who doesn't believe in God, but has seen in this, the art of stillness, the value of rest, is advocating even in our culture today what he's calling a secular Sabbath. Let's ignore God, but let's, we still, let's not ignore a day off. So regardless of what divide you, you fall on when it, when it comes to God and the whole conversation about Jesus, our physiology craves rest. You know, we don't, we're not getting it though, physically or otherwise, right? Uh, Thomas Edison, we have to thank for this to some degree because he's the one who gave us the light bulb. And before Edison gave us the light bulb, did you know that on average, Americans slept 10 hours per night? Wow. Incredible. Now, fast forward from then to now, here we are, 2019. What's the average amount of sleep the American gets? 6.7 hours is the new normal. Some of you are like, wow, on a good night, <laughs> right? On a good night, I'll get, that would be like goals for me. And sadly, I would say I'm right there with you. Like, I can tolerate five. Six is phenomenal. Seven, what are we talking about? This is a holiday. That's seven hours, right? But to think of 10 hours of sleep, it's phenomenal. That's why when you read history and you hear about someone getting up at 4 a.m. to feed the chickens, you're like, how did they do it? They went to bed like at 4.30 because the sun was down. And you can only sit there with a lamplight for so long and walk around with your stub of candles. Like, what do you want to do? I don't know. Let's go to sleep. All right. Right? The sun's down. Let's just go to bed. It's the craziest thought ever. And sort of the, the rhythms and, and the patterns just sort of changed when we could artificially be in sunlight. And of course, now with the stream of blue light coming in from our phones and blue light coming in from our TVs, we're able to be kept in what it amounts to torture, right? If you did it to a prisoner of war, it's like, that's torture. Let's just keep them up all the time, nonstop stream of activity. And that's what we're doing to ourselves. In fact, uh, one uh, article I read said, quote, studies have conclusively, conclusively, not speculation, linked sleeplessness to higher rates of irritability, anger, depression, and mental exhaustion. I was listening to a podcast a while back that, where they were talking about the higher rates of suicide on college campuses. And one psychologist sort of quipped offhandedly, you know, I wonder what would happen to those rates if those on college campuses would just go to bed and just get some rest and not be living chronically exhausted. It was Corey Tinboom who said, if the devil can't make us bad, he'll just make us busy. 
And here we live in this life where just everything's a thousand miles an hour. And there's texts coming in and there's things we got to read and places we got to go and stuff we got to, just busy, just busy, just busy. And we've accepted that this is just how it has to be. But God says, no, there's something you can choose to do and you can choose to stop. Six days I've worked and now Sabbath. Six days I've created the world, and now I will demonstrate what you need to choose to do. Stop right there. Leave the work where it was. You'll come back to it in the new week. But now it's time to brunch. Now it's time to Sabbath. Now it's time to receive the gift of tranquility and rejuvenation that will come from you experiencing 24 glorious hours of rest. Now, of course, this follows in the heel of the talks that have come before it where we talk about daily resting. We talked about that lifestyle. But now let's just talk about these weekly rhythms of how God wants it to be, of how God intended it to be. God built this universe on the pattern of six days we have labor, and then that's followed by a day of rest. And to go against that and to think we can do better and to think we know more and to think, hey, no, no, you don't understand me. I'm, I'm on a path right now. I'm going to have a million dollars by the time I'm 30. And then I'm going to get an Airstream. And then I'm going to blah, blah, blah. Like I, and, and then I'm, hold on a second. You go against how God set up the universe at your own peril. For God put this into, there's a rhythm there's a, a tempo. There's a cadence. God was demonstrating for us how he built life to function on this earth. If you look into the history, it's fascinating. Times where cultures and civilizations have toyed with it and tried to, instead of a seven-day week, had a 10-day week or an eight-day week or any other pattern, it's been disastrous and even effects on productivity. After 50 hours, any more hours you work than 50 in a week, your productivity does not change. You work 50 or you can work 70, and you're going to accomplish the same. Why? God built this world to run the way he intended it to run. There's a tempo. We, we, we sit in with the worship experience, and we hear the songs. We're down here. Oh, that's a great one. That's, oh, I love that song. We're hearing the songs. What they're hearing is different. You see, in their in-ears, they're hearing a click track. They're hearing a metronome. They're being given instructions. Now we're going back to the bridge. Now four on the floor over here. OK, strip it back. Now it's just drums and vocals. I call it drocals, right? And, and, <laughs> and they're hearing things that are keeping them on, on the right rhythm. They're keeping them at the right cadence. In, we can't hear it. There's a cadence to creation. And what we're reading in Genesis is God exposing what the cadence is. Six days are for work. And then there's a day for rest, rejuvenation, and a, a delight in what was done in those six days. The word Shabbat, it means to stop and delight. It's kind of like how um, if you've ever you know, finished something you're really proud uh, that you got to do, something you've done, and you're like, I'm happy about that. The way you feel when you're good tired, because there's good tired and bad tired. Right? Bad tired is tired because you're not getting the rest you need. Good tired is I'm working hard and I'm satisfied with what I've done. And you know when you step back and you can kind of delight in something, you sort of call your family in, right? And they don't come. You're like, no, no, I really want you to come. And they're like, oh, good job. You're like, no, 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 I need you to like give me a moment and like celebrate this for a second. That feeling, like I'm going to get a cold drink and I'm just going to take a second. I'm going to take a photo. That delight, you that's Sabbath. That's rest. 
God for that seventh day was looking at the world that he had made and delighting in what had been done, delighting in, now he's, this is complicated, he's in relationship even within, within himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, what has been called the great dance. Within God, there was a delight with each other over what had been done. That's what God wants from us as well, for us to stop and delight in him, delight in what has been done, and rest so that you have something for the week that is to come. It's a rhythm. You fight against it at your peril. And here's what I personally believe. I believe if you don't give God the Sabbath, it will be taken from you. If you don't give God the when God's put something into the universe, into the grain of the universe, you can fight it, but you will lose. It's like gravity. Oh, no, I know better. No, you don't, right? It, you will lose if it's a law of the universe. And the Sabbath is one of those things. It's like the tithe, right? We've taught this before. The tithe, you can't properly give a tithe. You return a tithe because God says the first and the best is mine. So when we, we talk about tithing, we say give your tithe. We should, right? We should say return the tithe. So bring the tithe and give offerings. Offerings are what happens above and beyond the tithe. We talked about how if you don't give it, you'll, you'll lose it somehow or another. Right? The washing machine that would have maybe gone on for another decade is going to go out. You get the flat tire, the frivolous lawsuit you never would have been in. Things that we don't give will end up losing. The, 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 the universe has a certain grain to it. And when God tells us how his universe works, we can fight it. But in the end, we will lose. As Romans 2 verse 9 says, you go against the grain, you're going to get splinters. Wayne Mueller, in his book on the Sabbath, he points that out when he says, if we do not allow for a rhythm of rest in our overly busy lives, illness becomes our Sabbath. Pneumonia, our cancer, our heart attack, our accidents create Sabbath for us. So here we have a pattern in our culture of ignoring it. And what happens is that will eventually be forfeited. It's fascinating to look into uh, Seventh-day Adventists. This is a, a sect that passionately fights for that, that, that day off, that day of rest, as the Bible says. They say if you look at, and I was listening to this in a, in a podcast, if you, if you look at Seventh-day Adventists, on average, they live 10 years longer than the normal American, which is interesting because if you add it up, that amounts to essentially a lifetime of Sabbaths in not taking it, we end up forfeiting the blessing that God wants us to have. Now, I know when we bring up the subject of Sabbath, and I intentionally didn't start there, many of us, if we grew up within the church framework, some of you coming in, this is all foreign to you, this is all new to you. Uh, but if you grew up within connection to teachings from the Bible, when I say Sabbath, you say Ten Commandments, blah, right? And that's just immediately where you go in your head because you, you grew up perhaps having that beat over you. What's the Sabbath? It's the worst day of the week. What's the Sabbath? Oh, it's a day where we go church morning and night. It's two a day. It's like football, but no Gatorade, right? It's, it's, it's the worst, right? It's, it's awful. The Lord's Day. It's when, it, like, if some of you remember back in our country, there used to be blue laws and companies couldn't be opened. And it was this terrible, restrictive thing. And I intentionally didn't begin there. There, though we're going to get there because I wanted to show you this actually predates the law. 
This is long before the Ten Commandments. This is what God practiced for us. This is what God modeled for us. It's what he's teaching us since he made us how to get the best use out of this life that he chose to give us. But then eventually he did formalize it. And in the law, he did mandate it. And in, in, in the list of don't steal, which is a great idea, and don't kill, which I highly recommend you, you don't. And, uh, and, and all the rest of the things that God said, which is basic morality, baseline morality, right? Don't covet and, and all these things. Honor your father and mother. He did the fourth commandment say, verse eight, hey, also remember the Sabbath day. Remember that day, <laughs> right? Because even then they were forgetting. Even, even then they were, they were, you know, thinking, well, you know what? I got this opportunity, it's too good, I can't resist. I got a couple of work emails I got to thump out before the kids wake up, right? Just one quick phone call, just one quick thing. He's like, no, no, remember the Sabbath day? That was awesome. Remember the Sabbath day? What, what were they want being asked to remember? That it was holy, that it was blessed. That's why he said, remember it how? By keeping it holy. Now, I don't know if you caught it, but back there in Genesis, God blessed it just after he made it. By the way, some people believe that the seventh day in the creation week was not actually a day of rest for God because he doesn't need rest. It was actually a seventh day of creation. As he rested, what was he doing? He was creating rest. It didn't exist before. <laughs> he was creating something called a concept of rest. He was creating something that didn't prior to ever exist. So in his stopping from his labors, he was actually creating the seventh thing, which was this concept of, of shalom and wholeness and rest and all of these things that we're meant to experience. And, and, and God actually blessed the day just after he made the day. He blessed it. If you're keeping track from Genesis 1, that's the third time he's blessed something. He created animals to live in this world and blessed them. God spoke a blessing over animals. He's like, Nemo, you're blessed. Bambi, you're blessed, right? <laughs> blessed are you. And then he said, be fruitful and multiply. Once it had God's blessings, it was then supposed to multiply. God's expectation is always multiplication. God always wants there to be a fruitfulness and a growth. Then he made man and he blessed man. He said, be fruitful and multiply. Then on this day, he created the seventh day. He created the Sabbath rest. And what did he do? He spoke a blessing over it. And what's his expectation? That it would be multiplied. Therefore, the rest that we receive and the rejuvenation that is ours when we truly rest will be multiplied as we're able to give that blessing to other people in this world. But some of us are running on red and chronically fatigued and totally overloaded. We're not able to multiply blessings that we don't have. We're not able to give rest. People go, how you doing? Oh, man, totally busy, barely hanging in there. Oh, he's been crazy. You understand? And people, we can't give a blessing we don't have. We can't multiply the blessing because we haven't remembered the Sabbath day and kept it holy. Therefore, the blessing that should have been ours stopped with us and isn't able to go out to the world. But when you've truly stopped and you've turned your phone off and you've ignored the calls and you've had that day and you've said no to the world that will still be there, and you said no to the needs out there so that you can be rejuvenated, then when you come back to life and come back to the, the world, because you remembered the Sabbath day and you've received that rest, you're able to multiply it. And you're able to be a greater blessing to the world because you were selfish for that day to the glory of God. And you took that day that your soul needed, and now you're able and fit to be a better version of yourself as you go back out. You can't very well pour out if you're not getting poured into. So are you taking the time to pour into your 
self. Remember the Sabbath day. Don't forget how important this is by keeping it holy. Then he says, verse 9, six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall do no work, neither you, son, daughter, manservant, maidservant, even your animals get the day off, nor the alien within your gate. Someone call Chris Hemsworth, tell him, tell Michael, tell everybody, tell, your, tell, tell Will Smith, tell, there's no work on that day. Verse 11, for in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. And he brings it back to God. Because I know the moment we say, take the day off, you're going, yeah, but you don't know. You don't know my schedule. You don't know what it's like to have little kids, which I do. You don't know what it's da 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 Because we all think we're the exception. Take a day off. I know I should, but spend. And then he goes, yeah, but, but God. But God did. You're more important than God? You have more on your plate than God? Take a day off. Yeah, but, but God did. And he, after created the whole world, chose to take a day off, and then look at this. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy or different, set apart, not like the rest of the days. The rest of the days are for working, but not this day. This, this day is a day for delight, a day for wonder, a day to be replenished, a day to enjoy what you worked so hard the rest of those days for, a day to be still, a day to cease, a day to let things lie where they are. One thing I want to tell you about the Sabbath is that it's more than a day, but it's not less. It's more than a day, but it's not less than a day. What, what do I mean by that? I mean, we live on a different side of the cross from those who received the Ten Commandments, meaning the Hebrews tells us we live in a day where we understand what those things were pointing forward to. The whole law, the whole ceremonial, uh, all the things they had to do and the ways they had to keep things and boxes they had, to check, they had to check. The book of Hebrews actually just says, hey, all that pointed to Jesus, and Jesus is our Sabbath day rest. Now, what does that mean exactly? Well, think about it this way. Adam gets born. When, what day did he get born on? Day six. He didn't technically get born. He got made out of dust. It was weird. All right, so Adam's alive now. He's like, oh my gosh, this is a lot to do. And, and God's like, yeah, okay, it's been a great week. Welcome to the, welcome to the earth. Uh, pretty soon we're going to bed. And uh, okay, I'm, Adam's so excited. He's like, man, there's a lot to see. I'm, I'm very thrilled about this. And I've never been here before. Day seven, he wakes up. First full day ever. And he says, we got work to do, don't we? A lot to do. And God says, actually, today's a day off. What do you mean it's a day off? It's my first day. I got to name some animals or something. God goes, no, no, I finished all the work before you got here. Now you rest. Adam's first day on planet Earth, his first full day was a day of rest. That's Jesus. You see, religion tells you to, to do, to do, to do. What do you got to do to earn God? What do you got to do to earn God's favor? Jesus says, no, no, you're showing up here in this relationship. I've done it all. I took care of it all. Now your job is to rest in what I've done. How can I rest? I didn't do anything. That's the point. I took care of it. I paid your bill. It is finished. I took care of the work, all six days of it on the cross. Now you rest in your relationship with me that I earned for you. Grace isn't based on you, it's placed on you. Religion says behave and get saved. 
And grace says, just receive and believe what I took care of for you. Jesus is our Sabbath day rest. So Sabbath, or the idea of to rest, is more than a day. Do you see that? Yeah. It's something that's meant to infect and invade every part of our lives, every, every cell in our entire bodies. But it's not less than a day. It's like we say sometimes, if, you're, if you come around for a while, you, you'll hear me say, Worship is more than singing, but not less than singing. Worship invades how we listen to the sermon, how we treat our neighbor on the other side of this worship experience, all of that. But it's not less than singing, because singing is the second most commanded Christian discipline. And prayer is the first. That's why we're talking about the rhythms of prayer, letting it bleed into our morning and our noon and our night, all of that. But it's not less than singing, so we are supposed to sing. Same thing with the Sabbath. It's more than a day but not less than a day, in that there is this whole template of six days we work, and then a day we take a rest. So two-point sermon. First point is this. You were made to work. The Sabbath talk should not begin with the Sabbath, because that's day seven. Let's talk for just a second about days one through six, because one of the parts and components of this whole thing is what we do that qualifies us for the Sabbath? What, what, what do we do that prepares us for the Sabbath? And here we are, verse 9, Exodus 20, six days you shall labor and do all your work. All the employers in the house said, amen. amen. Some of you here in the summer, you're very excited. You're like, day, oh man, rest? I'm really great at that. Let's talk about that. I, I rest very well. Yeah, you need, you need to work. You need to work before you rest. We need to work before we, 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 get, we need to get good and tired in a good way. You see, there's good tired and bad tired. Good tired is, is, is your head hits the pillow and you're exhausted because you did a good day's work. You got something done. You accomplished something. You were fruitful in what you were seeking to do. You should work hard. And others of you, you need to hear the second half of the sermon more. So we need to both figure out where we're weak. But both of these, if neglected, open us up to unnecessary temptation. When you're not working and you're just idle, that's when you're positioned to fall for temptation. Similarly, though, when we're working, 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 ignore, working our fingers to the bone, burning the candle at both ends, then we're also susceptible to temptation. Why? Because if you don't get rest where you should, you'll look for it where you shouldn't. And where you're just so fatigued. Then that I just need that binge marathon session on, on Netflix. Then I need that, that fifth cocktail. Then I'm looking to things to dull me because I'm just so tired. I'm, I'm aimless. So we need to work hard to prevent temptation, but we also need to rest well. We have to figure out what keeps us at our best because when your tank is full, you see through the enemy's lies. It's, it's why you should never grocery shop on an empty stomach, right? You ever go to the grocery store starving? Everything looks great. Right? So like, I'm, I'm on a keto diet. Captain Crunch is keto, right? Isn't he? That guy looks like he would be keto, right? What are you even talking about, right? But when, you, when you're feeding well, you see these things. Like when I'm, when I'm at my best and I see junk food, I don't even see the food. I see the burpees I don't want to do, all right? <laughs> I try to eat healthy, not because the food tastes good. It doesn't, right? Like, no, no, kale tastes great. No, it doesn't. It's awful. It's, it's terrible in your, it has a bad mouth feel, okay? Right? You know, I eat nothing but kale. You're going to die 
with a bad taste in your mouth, okay? So you might live longer, bad taste in your mouth, okay? So, so, so I don't, but I don't, I don't, I don't eat well so I can, you know, li like the food. I eat well because I don't like cardio. That's, that's really the only reason. And I don't want to push any sleds around the room ever, okay? So, so when we're eating well, we, we see through. And so we got to work hard. You were made to work. Ecclesiastes 9 verse 10 says, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Grow your business. Multiply wealth. Let that be a blessing for your family and a blessing for the things that God has called you to do. You have permission to create wealth. In, in the Bible, you, we have this whole thing about money is bad. Read the book of Genesis. It's amazing what happens when you read the Bible. The Bible says, God said there's gold in the land and the gold is good. Now, gold in your hand, it can do good things. When you allow gold into your heart, when you allow money to be the, the, the passion of your life that eclipses God, of course, it can become an idol. So what we need to understand is we should do work with all of our hands. You should be blessable and you should be promotable. If you don't get a promotion, it shouldn't be because you don't work hard. It shouldn't be because you don't have a good spirit. You should work at your emotional intelligence. You should use your mind. You should work hard and do so to the glory of God, for it is also an act of worship. Colossians explicitly says, whatever you do in word or deed, do it to the glory of God. So you have permission to see yourself on mission, doing everything you do in your career and school, be that in medicine or technology or transportation or whatever it is that God's called you to do. So you were made to work. Adam, after his day off, Genesis 2.15, the Lord took the man then, put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it, to work it and to keep it. This is pre-sin. There's nothing wrong with anything in this world, and he has a job. So to those of you who have a dream of, of working for the man, making up some money, and eventually I'm going to retire. That's not God's dream for you. This should always be contribution, always be work. Work and responsibility are good for you. And read the book of Revelation. There's jobs in heaven. So if your dream of life is you lying on the beach, that's a beer commercial. That is not a life, OK? <laughs> That is a miserable life. You want to work. There's, there should be things and passions. And, and once, once you retire from a career, now you can pour yourself out into something new. To just have an idle day. What am I going to do today? I don't know. Maybe I'll just go play golf again and again. And that you're going to be just open to temptation again. And you'll be living a life of quiet desperation before you know it. So you were made to work. But secondly, now you were made to rest. You were made to rest. And, and so uh, we need to come to that day. And even though we could do more, and even though we could uh, find more that we could surely pour ourselves into, to see that as an important step in our taking care of our souls, to rest. You're like, OK, well, what am I going to do that day? <laughs> Worship, rest, rejuvenation, delight. Worship, rest, rejuvenation, delight. All right, so I probably should read my Bible. What am I going to do the other 23 hours and 53 minutes, right? <laughs> my, my daughter, Clover, she's like, Dad, like, what am I supposed to, what are you supposed to do on the Sabbath? I said, I said, honey, sleep in. We'll eat pancakes. We'll ride a bike. She goes, oh, it's like a vacation. Like, exactly. It should feel like a vacation. So what rejuvenates you? I am going to just venture a guess and say half a season of West Wing is not going to leave you feeling wonderful. 
right? We don't ever finish six episodes of whatever and go, you know, I feel great right now, right? We're always like, who am I? Where am I? Where are my pants, right? right? What rejuvenates you, right? And, 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 and Mackenzie was asking me, she was saying, well, I, re- I had my last day off. I, I read like for a book for seven hours. I said, how'd you feel? It's great. Read a book, right? If you work with your hands all week, it might be that you need something for your mind on that day. If you work with your mind all week, you might need something with your hands. And so what might be restful for you, very different for me, but the key is rest. The key is worship. The key is rejuvenation. Uh, One author put it this way, traditionally, looking back to history, Sabbath was honored with lighting of candles, worship and prayer. So for some of you, if if your day of Sabbath is Sunday, great. Starting off like this is phenomenal. Receiving God's word, worshiping together, great. Uh, Prayer is a part of it. Blessing your children. Take a moment and bless your kids. Speak life over them. Pray for peace and, and, and God's power on them. Singing of songs, but also keeping silent taking a walk, being in nature, reading scripture, making love. In the Jewish Talmud, it was commanded that you make love on the Sabbath. If you're married, I see that look in your eye right there. All right? Making love, sharing a meal, a good meal. Oh, if you have a great bottle of wine, save that one for the Sabbath. This is a day of delight. This is a day of rejuvenation. This is a day to look forward to. This is like Christmas without your uncle, right? This is a good day. This is a day to be excited for, to prepare for. It, listen, here's what I found. It takes hard work to rest well. Hebrews 4, it sounds like an oxymoron. You're like, you're preaching bad. No, it's in the Bible. Hebrews 4 verse 11 actually says, let us therefore make every effort to enter rest. What does that mean for me? It means organizing. And this is some of the stuff God's really speaking to me, tweaking things around. Because what I've done historically is I've done all the work on my day off that I don't get paid to do. Bill paying, garage organizing, hanging that shelf my wife bought three months ago at urbanoutfitters.com that I've been dreading putting up because I might have to trade my man card in because I'll have to call someone who works at the church and ask them to help me because I can't figure that crap out, right? It's, it's work. It's, I'm doing work on my day off because we all have work we have to do that we don't, we, don't, we, don't, we, we don't get paid to do, but it's still work when we do it. So what do we do with those things? Let me encourage you. Praise God that you live in America because we have a two-day weekend. I know you're like, well, I don't. You don't know. I'm a waitress or I'm a student. Okay, yeah, I get it. Do I look like I'm resting right now? My shirt is tucked in. Okay, this is not my day off, all right? This is not my idea of Sabbath. <laughs> this is the Lord's day. <laughs> it's my most stressful day of the, of the week, all right? So, 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 so what do we do? We tweak. We tweak. It's more than a day, but it's not well, less than a day. But it's not Sunday. If it's not Sunday, I'm going to go to hell. Shut up. It's, <laughs> stop it. There's a verse in the Bible that says, all of you arguments about which day is better, knock it off. Jesus. That's the key. So your Sabbath could be Wednesday or Tuesday. Okay? In, in this new season for our family, it's going to be Saturday for us. And that's one of the reasons we kill the Saturday night service. And I'll work Sunday night. I'll have a whole day. I'll work hard all day. And Saturday is going to be our Sabbath. So don't call. Oh, just kidding. You can call. It's great. We'll, we'll, we'll ignore it. Um, so, but, but, but you see the point. The point is that we, we figure it out. We make every attempt into that rest. And so for us, the other day of the week, and if you have a two-day weekend, phenomenal, make one of those days a sixth day of work. 
Make one of those days a day that you do all the work you got to do that you don't necessarily get paid to do. So you got five days working for your boss, a day where you just do the stuff that you just got to do, but work hard. Make every effort to let one of your days just be an absolute thrill and sleep in and wear your robe and eat carbs. Listen, calories don't count on Sabbath. It's, it's actually biblical because they were allowed to eat twice as much. They were allowed to get twice as much manna, and some of it was for the Sabbath they would keep on the Sabbath day. So there's miracles on the Sabbath day. Angels are involved on that day. Take that day off. Do things that are good for the inside you. One Jewish rabbi said, we should start the Sabbath day by declaring this over ourselves. Today, I will pamper my soul. How good would it feel to have a day where you're like, what was the agenda today? Did you have a to-do list? Are you are Myers-Briggs like me, ENTJ? Do you need productivity? Do you need to check stuff off a box? Check this off your box. Today, I pampered my soul. <laughs> what did you do yesterday? Pampered my soul. What? You had a pamper your soul party? Why didn't I get invited? Because you stressed me out. That's why. <laughs> but I need to have something to give you. But today's for me, y'all. This is, this is all up in here, a day for the pampered soul. So, so you got to figure that out and, and, and get lost in a good way and wander in a good way. I mean, encourage you not to, not to give in to the consumer consumption on that day. There's lots of days for Ikea. There's lots of days for Target. There's lots of days for those days. Don't let it be this day. I like how, uh, to quote Wayne Mueller again, he said, look, Sabbath is a time to stop and refrain from being seduced by our desires to stop working, stop making money, stop spending money. See what you have. Look around. Listen to your life. Do you really need more than you have? Spend a day with your family. Instead of buying a new coffee maker today, make some coffee in the old one. The Sabbath day is a day to take delight in what you worked so hard for those six days for. Some of you are working so hard, but you're not enjoying any of what you're working hard for. Actually look around and see and take delight in what's right there. Your company doesn't care about your soul. Someone told me one time, Levi, your church doesn't care if you drive your marriage into the ground. Plenty of pastors have forfeited their marriages at the altar of ministry, have burnt their families into smolders. There's always going to be more to do. There's always going to be more. So what we have to choose to do is fight for our own souls because no one else is going to. Don't make it about the technical stuff. Don't make it about the rules. Sab- Man wasn't made for the Sabbath. This is what Jesus said. I love it. We're, gonna, we're, gonna, we're winding to a close here. Is this helping you at all, by the way? Jesus put it this way, Mark 2, 27. The Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. Now, I had them underline the first part because that's the part we need to pay attention to. When he originally said this, he was speaking to people who were so good at keeping the Sabbath, they ruined it. They were so good at keeping the Sabbath, they took all the fun out of it. They were religious. So they needed to know, you guys, we weren't made for the Sabbath. It was actually made for us. But I think on the other side of it, we need to hear the first part. Hey, don't forget, the Sabbath was made for man. It's a gift God gave to you, a a day blessed. It's yours every single time a week passes you by. So every day that you live with that credence over that creed over your life, no days off, is a day where you've been given a gift that you left unopened. The Sabbath was made for man. Here you go. Enjoy it. You'll be well if you do. 
I want to end with an invitation from Jesus as a question. And if you don't mind every location, I'm just going to ask that you close your eyes as I read this. Jesus said in a passage of scripture, by the way, that led to him doing two Sabbath day miracles, two Sabbath day miracles. A good portion of Jesus's miracles took place on the Sabbath, which makes me wonder what miracles do we miss out on when we don't spend any time with God on the Sabbath? He said this then in Matthew 11, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly.